Hello, ladies and gentlemen, it's Eli Silverman here. It's another episode of Cheap Show coming to you from our Soton Studios. Ooh, professional. And here's your other host... It's Paul Gannon, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the happiest show on the planet. I'm overjoyed. I'm positively thrilled, frothing from the tip of my cock with You're, excitement. Oh. <laughs> you can't see it. <laughs> I just was imagining it. What, my penis foaming like a volcano That's, If it's foaming, mate, you need to go to the doctor. And I need to go to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the Economy Comedy Podcast. I've been practising. Well got done. It. Yeah, you try it. Economy comedy. comedy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I've been practising. What have you been doing? I've been doing nothing. Yeah, apparently. So, uh, welcome to the show. Another ramble through uh, thrift stores, uh, flea markets, second-hand shops and charity shops. 99p stores, Poundland. Although 99p's been bought out. Has it? By Poundland. What's going to be? 99 and a half P? <laughs> yeah, 99 plus 1 P stores. No, I, they, a pound line apparently just bought them out. So all the 99 P stores will either close down or be assimilated. Into the pound land To the pound dynasty. land Borg cube. Yeah. So um, I'm wondering how much that costs, because if everything's 99 P in those stores, and yet you go to pound line, does that mean now they're getting an extra penny out of your pockets? Probably, yeah. That's disgusting. And over over a large amount of stores, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So that's the plan. So uh, it's just going to be pound stores at this point. So all that cheap tat will be just siphoned off to another store, probably two metres away around the corner. Have you noticed that? Poundland and the 99p stores are always almost facing each other on the high street now. Well, they're in, in competition with each other. Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. Mr. 99P was like, I had to sell out. <laughs> I had to sell to the big money guy. <laughs> well, it was that 1P he was missing out on yeah. all his items. It was yeah. like eroding the business slowly. I know. Just show, just proves, if nothing else, that undercutting the uh, competition does not necessarily mean success. No, not necessarily. So congratulations, Mr. Poundland. You win this round. And, uh, you know, in the States, they've got Dollar Tree. It's called Dollar Tree. Oh, is that their version of it? Yeah. Uh, can I imagine what the logo is? Is imagine it a tree? It. Uh, I... I'm not sure, you know. I don't think there's any logo. I think it's just... Oh, you're going to check the... Of course check I'm going to inter- check it, because that's what the internet's for. If nothing else, it's for checking out facts that we can't substantiate <laughs> live when we record this show. Yeah, it's got a tree. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ooh. to be fair, it's a clever logo. It looks like a tree, but it's got the number one as the stem of the tree itself, the actual bark. Uh, signifying how many dollars you'll be paying for the Potentially. Answers. And then there's a green... can. It's a perfect circle with the green... It's green. Yeah. And so, um, if you think about it, yeah. if they all cost a dollar over there in Dollar Tree, mm. you might as well get a plane ticket if you're going to buy a lot of stuff from Poundland. I can see where this is going. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> Depending on the exchange rate, you're going to make a significant saving on uh, on all those items. Apart from the plane ticket. Well, just make sure you go and you buy every item for a year that you're going <laughs> to buy. Like a lot of biscuits. And never leave the house again so you can save on travel to the store. Yeah. Like bus trips, train trips. You could save money. Trips. Yeah, well, you, you could. wouldn't be able to get the proper British biscuits over there, would you? No. And that's where Dollar Tree falls down. Yeah. It, it, that's not the only place it falls down, believe me. It's oh, why? Well, have you been in there? a hive of shit. <laughs> well, you've, you, have you been there then? Yeah. Recently. So let's get into this then, right? You recently returned from the land of right-wing nut jobs and gun nuts, haven't you? From Florida in the United States, that yes. specifically, yes, yeah. And uh, there, we had to park next to some pickup truck which had a... Trump sticker, yeah. Oh, I God. vote for Trump. That's um, depressing as shit. I was mate. just sort of like, I don't want to look them in the eye in case they go nuts. Yeah, because and then charge him for the fucking. What is it about Florida, man? It's a weird fucking part of America. Yes, isn't it though? Yes, it's like we're more south than anyone, and to prove it, we're going to vote Trump. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a strange mix. 
Because you've got relatives out there, haven't you? I do. Mm. I do. And uh, let's, look, let's, let's open the book to Eli's life and go a little bit deeper into your backstory, your, uh, your uh, what, uh, like, what, genesis, so to speak. My genesis. Yeah, let's talk about, not your album collection. I'm on about uh, all the book of God. Uh, your, your beginnings. Because your family all live out in America, basically, don't they? Yes. And you are, basically, for one of a better phrase, American. Well, don't spread that around. But, um, yes, <laughs> I, uh, I'm first generation British, so both my parents are American, and I was oh. the first of the children to be born in the UK. So the rest of your family were born in America? No, they were born here as well, but oh. they've just moved, they've moved back out there. Oh. For a better standard of living, so to speak. Yeah, well, it is. Things are cheaper. Property's cheaper. Life is cheaper. In Florida, life's cheaper. Yeah. yeah. You get blown up. Blown up. <laughs> they vote Trump. Vote Trump. Rig their voting. The thing is, with the caucuses and all of that, it's like party. It's in party. So yeah. it's, not, it's not under the same sort of strict rules as like the actual election. Oh, really? So they can play fast and loose and so on. Well, this is what they're saying. This is what the whole thing is with Trump. They're they're saying, well, we don't want Trump. All the Republicans are going, this guy's a complete, you know. Isn't that weird, though, when even the Republican Party, the GOP, say, I don't think Trump's a good idea. No, none of them do. too right wing. Yeah, it's not even that. He's just nuts. This other thing, he says, I'm worth the Donald Trump, the Trump name's worth for Bill. He's gone bankrupt several times. Yeah. He's worth about 200 million or something like that, apparently. Yeah, someone said if they put... If you put all his money in an ISA and left it alone for the exact same amount of time he's been in business, he almost have four times the money yeah. he has right now. So what? great for business, yeah. yeah. He's basically squandered a huge inheritance. And that whole thing, well, you know, I started out like any other businessman. My dad gave me a small loan of a million dollars. Yeah, and it's I was like, like <laughs> immediately sick in mouth. Yeah, and what was yeah. the thing he did as well? He said, oh, Trump steaks. I'm going to make a line of, you know, really good uh, American steaks and uh, Trump steaks. And what we're going to do is we're going to sell them in a clothes store. Really? Yeah, I can't remember the name of the clothes store, but that was his idea. Would they all be on hangers? Yeah, probably. Hanger steak. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm that laughing. is a steak, is it? Yeah. Well, there you go. That was clever, and I laughed even though I didn't get the joke. Right, there you go. So you were in America. Fit isn't your family. How did that skirt go? Skirt steak. Is you can get a... skirt steak too. Any other clothing-based steak I'm you can sh- get? Hat steak? No, there's no hat steak. <laughs> Trout steak. Trout steak. <laughs> I don't know. That's fish, mate. You can have fish steaks. So yes, uh, I was uh, staying with my sister, who is uh, a teacher out yeah. there, and uh, she is working in one of the more more deprived areas in the okay. southern Florida. She had some funny people's names, people in her class. There's one one of her students called Peepinson Dorville. <laughs> <laughs> Only America will come up with names like that, like Peepinson Dorville and his classmate Bendy Pierre. <laughs> They're Haitian, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's all right then. <laughs> but she can't call him Pee-Pee. No? So she calls him Peeps, apparently. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Peeps is good. Yeah. And also, I'm talking about cheap eats. Yeah. Um, they've got these things over there. Basically, they're like a what's it in the shape of a chipstick. Right. But hot. Ooh. Spicy. Ooh. They're called hot fries. Ooh. And people love them. So, basically, because... They love them. You get these people in uh, my sister's school, students who sell hot fries. They're known as sellers. And you go <laughs> up to them, are you, are you holding? And they're like, yeah, man, how much you need? What? Hot fry sellers. I'm sorry, this is like the worst episode of Breaking Bad I've ever heard in my <laughs> yeah. life. Wow. Have you, have you got the... Peepinson, got, got any hot fries? Yes, I do. Ask Bendy. <laughs> <laughs> Bendy's holding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, uh, do you like America? You, seriously, all things considered, would you move out to America, though, to be of your family? Have you considered this? Uh, yeah. Because, you know, in London, 
quite a lonely person, aren't you? Uh, thanks, Paul. Yeah, I'm just saying. Oh, your family's not really in, in the UK anymore. No. And I'm consider. I mean, look, if I was in your position, I'd be like, fuck the UK. I'm going over to America. I am sort of edging towards that, what with the whole political uh, climate and the... What, over here? Yeah. Because if Trump gets in, he's you not, may as well just buy an island or not, swim to the Isle of Dogs. Yeah. He, won't, he won't get in. No, because I can't think in the worst possible way in the future that there'll ever be a president called President Trump, <laughs> which sounds like a cartoon yeah. character. It certainly does. It's a word for fart. Come on, we can't have a president well, here's the like opposite. Here's the opposite thing, though. If Trump doesn't get in, if... We just don't know. We're recording this in the past, so we don't know what the future holds. Yes. Bernie or Clinton? Have you got the burn? I, I do not feel the burn. Do you not feel the burn? Yeah. I mean, he's obviously like someone who tells the truth and sort of... Uh, honest with his sticks politics. Sticks for the little man and honest with politics. So he's not going to be able to run the United States, is he? <laughs> no, because I mean? he goes against everything the American people are used to at yeah. this point in terms of government So and there's control. that. There's that very cynical kind of view that it's like, okay, big deal, but, you know, Bernie's like, you know... But Clinton's just awful. Yeah, she though. seems awful, doesn't she's she? She's like, well. uh, I'm just going to send a lot of really deeply secret emails via my Gmail account. <laughs> I'm just going to do that. It's just a fucking state, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's not good. The whole world's not looking very good, is no, it? No, not really. So I was out there, and then they had this whole thing with Ian Duncan Smith going, Right, I'm taking a stand! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after, after crippling the yeah. benefits and single out disabled people uh, for benefits, what I'm going to do is, after years of doing that, finally the, the line in the sand's been drawn, yeah. and now I'm going to take a stand. Yeah. What a bald-headed, wanky-toothed cunt <laughs> yeah. that Ian what a Duncan wanky Smith. Tooth. You know, this it, is the most political we've ever been. I know. Isn't it? It's getting political. It is. Maybe we should call it Cheap Poli- Show for How Long? <laughs> well, we just don't know. This might be expensive show. Yeah. Against our will. Subsidised show. Subsidised show. The Academy show. Oh, that's the other fucking thing. The government's saying, yeah, get used to all schools being academies, whether you like it or not. No debate. It is a depressing place to be. It is. Fight the power. In fact, if you're listening to this, I want you to pick up the nearest sharp object you can find, and we're all going to march to Parliament right now. Right now. Right now. All together at the same time, right now, and burn the place down. Ooh. I'm inciting violence <laughs> on this podcast. That's how edgy I am. I'm inciting violence. I don't care if you flick the Vs. I don't care if you if you go blah, 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 a policeman. I want anger on the streets. I want turmoil. <laughs> okay. Right. I want people to go up to, I don't know, the banks and go, <laughs> no. To stand outside and say no. Yeah, kick a bin. <laughs> <laughs> I personally think, as one of your closest friends, you can fuck off to America. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Yeah. And then I can come over and we can do Cheap Show USA. Yes. But well, we've got a bit of a, a USA themed show today, don't we? We do, a little bit of a US themed show. So shall we crack on with it? Yes, what have we Let's got? Let's crack on with Let's it. Let's crack on. Right, so we're back in the room. So, okay. So, what I thought we'd do, talk about uh, money today. And not just money, but counterfeit money from a website called wisebread.com. And the article is, Weird Money Facts, 10 Things You Did Not Know About Counterfeit Money. Oh, I, well, I bet I did know some of them. Do you? Should we yeah, test come this? on. All right, me. let's see. Okay. Uh, fact number one, the $100 bill is the most counterfeited bill in circulation. Knew that. Did you? No, did you? Can't, I did. No, but that just means whatever I say now, you're going to say, I knew that. I wouldn't do that. Why would I ruin the integrity of the show by just, <sighs> just sort of talking shit? Well... How has that changed the format of the show in any respect? No, I did know that, Paul. I okay. did know that, yes. All right, well, what it says, when you hand over a $100 bill, it gets more scrutiny. The $20 bills are usually taken with any kind of scrutiny check, 
when you use them in shops and things in America. Even $50 bills get, will get a second look. Why does it take the $100 bill to the top spot? Well, a detailed study showed by the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago that it all boils down to the quality of the bills. Fake 20s are easier to spot and then easily dropped out of circulation, whereas $100 counterfeit bills are of much higher quality. Yes, because it's more. there's more at stake, isn't there? It's $100. Well, you, you're going to spend more time making more yeah. counterfeit hundreds than you, you would You do spend. notice when you're out in the States, they, a lot of places won't accept hundreds. At all? Yeah. Wow. It's just, funny, we don't have a $100 uh, hundred pound note in this country, do you? We certainly don't. In fact, if you ever use a 50 in the UK... They give you funny looks, don't they? They, they, they look like, like ooh, ooh, ooh. They ooh. get the magnifying glass out, run it under the thing a few times, look at you. They call they their manager. Back, yeah, they're in the back room looking at you through the blinds. You know, Mr. Check Timkins, <laughs> Mr. Timkins, there's a man who looks like a tramp. And yeah, he's got a it's 50. a 50. What, I'm a high roller. Just yeah. fucking take it, mate. It's a pinky, mate. Yeah. Fact number two. Ridges were put on coins to stop counterfeiters. Ah, did ah. not know that. Uh, the website says, it all stems from measures to protect you from counterfeits. Back in the day when coins were made of gold and silver, people would clip the edges off coins and collect the shavings. Over time, they would have enough to make their own gold and silver coins if you collected enough clippings yes. off the side. Basically. Yeah, the ridges were added to the press coins uh, so they stopped these coin clippers in their tracks. That's interesting. Uh, of course, modern crooks have found a way to manufacture coins with ridges, and the British pound coin suffers from millions of fakes every year as well. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, because I've noticed that as well. You know when you get, like, pound coins, and you go, I'm just going to put a machine, pound on the coin in the machine to get, I don't know, a drink out or whatever, and it just goes, and it rolls back out, and you think, no, 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 no. That is a proper pound. I got that in a proper shop. Yeah, it's not proper, is it? And then you look at it, and it's kind of... Mottled. Mottled is a very good word to describe it, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of dented and mottled. Yeah. So counterfeit money has been a war strategy. Another strange but true fact, but a very powerful one, says the wisebread.com website. I'm repeating it so people just know this is someone else's research that I am pilfering for the sake of our show. No one would expect you to do research. Thank you. Uh, During wars, nation will produce counterfeit currency of a country they are at war with as a simple way to bring the opponent's economy crashing down. One famous case involves the British government flooding America with phony currency during the 1776 War of Independence. The Brits did it again during the Second World War and the Japanese printed out Chinese currency in the 1930s and 40s. There are numerous reasons why. The most obvious is to create hyperinflation. Yes. And also counterfeit money can be used to buy, pay informants and buy munitions. Yes, it's very dastardly. Yes. Very dastardly. Clever, though. Have you, uh, I, I, I don't think I've ever had a counterfeit note. You don't know, though, would you? Well, so they can test them with the pens and stuff, can't they? Oh, those little kind of purple pens. Yes. Infrared pens. Yes. Ah. You always see them like in corner shops uh, stuck, oh. stuck on the tobacco counter, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, Poundlands as well. Yeah. Don't take these. Poundland does that. They always yeah. have a little guy with a little pen swiping it and stuff like that. Did you know they're trying to get rid of cash? No. So watch out. Well, how? Well, if you think about it, there's this whole movement towards cashlessness. You've got the contactless Oh, yeah, payments, and pin and stuff. Uh, PayPal, everything done online. And it's a way for them to have ultimate control. If there's no cash, they can literally just say, your bank account does not work. Yeah. We're not going to let you have money. And Mr. Mr. Hacker could easily just go, beep, bop, bop, yeah. bop, you got no money anymore. I think they should... Just buy gold, gold. Krugerrand, stick them in the garden, get a rifle. <laughs> you know? But put it all in a mattress. Yes. And uh, watch Fox and Friends on a regular basis. A lock-up mattress. Yeah. A lock-up mattress. Yeah. Get so, these mattresses, big padlock on it. Right. Very nice. You just couldn't use a knife and slash it open. Well, how are you going to close it again? You well, need a zip and a padlock. 
Yeah, but that's what I'm, I'm saying. Am I thinking of a suitcase? No, you're thinking of a suitcase yeah. or a rucksack. <laughs> Either one. Basically, put your money in anything that isn't a bank is what you're yeah. suggesting, isn't well, it? Well, yeah. No, it's it's that's that would be awful, wouldn't it? It would be awful. Um, banks, it says here, fact number four, hand out counterfeit bills. I didn't know that. Even they can fall victim to counterfeit money, especially those fake $100 bills we mentioned earlier. Oh, right. Here's a story. Last year, a grandmother named Arlene Larez withdrew $300 from a bank in New York and deposited it later about an hour later, into her stepdaughter's bank. When the fakes were discovered, the bank that issued them refused to refund her loss. Because basically, if you don't do it right there and then and check the money, the minute you leave the bank... It's done. It's done. It's You're your over. problem. It's your problem, mate. Yeah. Mrs. Lorez, go fuck yourself. I would, yeah. Sorry, little old lady. Sorry. Sorry. Is that your daughter's money for an important back operation? Yeah. Fuck, fuck you. You. <laughs> you left, though, didn't you? You left. You didn't check it. That's the thing. They didn't check it on the way in. And when they gave her the money out, they didn't check it. Yeah. But when she hands it in, when little old lady hands it back in, that's when the banks get involved with this. Right, we're going to do an right, upright, right, uprising right, again. Right, right. I'm going to show my willy to Barclays. <laughs> what is it about you and the way you do private little moments of outrage? You either show your bum or your willy. Well, that's, that's, it's, it goes back to our evolutionary strategy. Is it effective? No. Have you ever won any argument by showing your penis? No. I wish I had the kind of penis that would win an argument, though. Mate, if you had a penis that could win an argument... You know, you're like, what? Who's next on the pool table? No, I've got the quid down. Well, look at that flop. (laughs) Any fucking argument now? Not only that, I can use this to pot the black. You watch me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyone could... Fact number five. My penis would lose an argument. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Even one you haven't started? Yeah, basically. Aww. Uh, Aww. It's the IDS of <laughs> penises. What, your penis is a little bald, angry, buck-toothed monster? Yeah. Who fucks over the disabled? Yeah. <laughs> Dark. Yeah. Uh, fact number five. Anyone can produce quality fakes. Technology has changed the way counterfeit money is being produced. Over 20 years ago, 99% of counterfeit money was created using sophisticated methods, printing presses, forged plates. Today, 60% of counterfeit bills are made using standard English jet and laser printers recently a woman counterfeited twenty thousand dollars in fake bills simply by soaking five dollar bills in degreaser scrubbing off the ink and printing them with 50s and 100 dollar images ah. and it was all done apparently on a cheap hp printer oh they don't advertise that when you do a hp no. advert do you hp printers print fucking money <laughs> <laughs> no. fascinating fact but then that's what they say about american money because it's all green it's all the same size as well. It really gets you. Yeah, and they, you could just be literally like think, "Oh, that's a dollar," and then you'd be handing over a hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I remember or... the thing about Americans is they love things to be as they've always been because that's what they think America is. This kind of non-growth uh, state where everything's perfect, and it's like this American uh, dream. Unchanging, thing. you mean? Unchanging, not non-growth, non-growth. I'll use whatever words I like. <laughs> it's not even a term. Ah, uh, well, but, but now it's not. But tomorrow, Billy Bobbins uses it in the pub. Billy Bobbins? Who's he? Peepinson Dorville's stepfather yeah, or something? Yeah, Samantha Spank uses it as a bingo. <laughs> and suddenly everyone's using the word on growth. And then you're looking quite stupid when someone comes up to you and goes, uh, Mr Silverman, I think we'll find that your bank statement has had a lot of ungrowth recently. And you're like, That's not a word. Get out. Right. What you mean is it's un- it likes to think of itself as a, a unchanging. Yeah. It likes to have this idea it's always got its core values at heart. Yes. You know? Um, and yet when someone suggests, oh, maybe we should put a bit of colour on the money so you can tell the difference, they go fucking crazy. Yeah. Don't like that. Don't want that. The other thing, you mentioned 50s. Yeah. Um, do you, did you know 50s are uh, considered bad luck by gamblers? No, I did not know that. So there's certain gamblers, like in Vegas or whatever, if you try and pay them a debt back yeah. in 50s, they'll, like, they'll 
you know. But why is that? Is it, why, why is it? I don't know. Luck? They're just bad luck. 50s are bad luck. That's also, $50 chips in, in casinos, p- people would avoid those and stuff. That's well. fascinating. I mean, because obviously when you're into gambling, there's a lot of superstition involved in how you play it. It's all so, superstition. So what you should do is when you're next playing a poker game, create a false superstition or, you know, a thing about whatever money or cards are being used. You know, you say, oh, I can't possibly use the 20 chip because... Uh, Gives you cancer. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, I don't want to. Yeah. And then they start betting higher to get rid of all their 20s. And you walk off with a handsome little sum. Uh, your lack of knowledge of the whole oeuvre of gambling <laughs> really is startling sometimes. Yeah, well, I don't care. Here's a, here's a little tip, Paul. If you're going to make up some little anecdote or something about something, try yeah. and get some basic facts right about it. I refuse. All right. I will never do that. Uh, fact number six, counterfeiting was once punishable by death. In the 18th century, Benjamin Franklin himself printed warnings on the 20 shilling bills to read, to counterfeit is death. And people who were caught doing it in England in the 17th century were hung, drawn and quartered. They just used to fucking kill anyone, didn't oh, they? Oh, mate. If, if you had, like, epilepsy, you were probably a witch yeah. and they'd dunk you in the river. You yeah. know, it was You weird. talk to your cat. Actually, I talk to my cat. You talk to your cat. Mr. Whiskers. <laughs> uh, number seven, the Secret Service was founded to stop counterfeiters. There you go. I did not know that. That's no. interesting. So um, that was the big... Yeah, was they, it to spy on other nations or anything? No, it says here, you think the Secret Service as a government agency responsible for the detection of the President of the United States, but it only began doing that role in 1902, one year after the assassination of President William McKinley. Before that, the Secret Service was responsible for dealing with American counterfeit money problems, and they were uh, created by President Lincoln to fulfil that task. So there you go. Yeah, it was probably a massive problem in the early days in the States, because such a huge place with all these sort of... Oh, yeah, and, you know, money would travel far yeah. and wide, and, you know, you wouldn't know between when it was printed and when you put it in your hand whether it was real cash or not. No. Counterfeit money, fact number eight, is readily available on the dark web. Ooh, right? yeah. You can say, oh, I'll have a... A thousand pounds worth of twenty thousand pounds, <laughs> or something. That's what it is, though. You pay less, obviously, don't you? But you still pay something. Yeah. So what? You're paying an X amount to buy, let's say twenty do- twenty pound notes. So I will have a ten thousand pounds in twenty pound notes, and I'll pay three thousand pounds for it. Because you know it's not worth that, but you'll pay for it's that not worth stock. Anything is it? Yeah. But well, that's what I'm saying. But you'll pay that. So you have those notes that you can counterfeit and get yes. the money back yourself. Oh, okay. So it says that um, you may uh, not know the dark web yet. But it's becoming well known every week. The dark web is the underground of the internet. A primary reason bitcoins were invented. Bitcoins, load of wank. Uh, that's all I got to say on that. Really? But it's a load of. It's a fictional money for bank wankers, basically, to fanny about and play with cash that doesn't exist. Anyway, in the dark web, you have access to guns, drugs, bullets, explosives, and fake money. And for those of us uh, willing to risk it, uh, quality counterfeit notes are available a fraction of the real price, like you were saying. Perhaps buy twenty for five fake twenty bills. The punishment is obviously very severe if you're caught using the dark web. Number nine. Today, most counterfeit coins simulate rare coins. What with the cost of materials and production being higher than that of printing paper money, there's only one way to make a profit with coins, and that's to counterfeit the very rare ones. A 1920s Liberty Half Dollar can change hands for $40,000. Wow. That's the kind of money that would attract criminals from across the globe. In comparison, spending all that time and effort to mass-produce quarters, nickels and dimes isn't worth the effort. Yeah, but I mean, it's sort of stretching the definition of counterfeit there. I mean, is or, or, or counterfeit money, because in fact you're counterfeiting an antique. Yeah, it's basically... So like, to speak, you know what I mean? Counterfeit a Mona Lisa or a yeah. famous vase, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. It's that kind yeah. of thing. And number 10, final fact, even some obvious fakes are accepted. Would you accept a $200 bill with George President W. Face Bush? I'll say that one again. <laughs> w. Face Bush. <laughs> 
Would you accept a $200 bill with President George W. Bush's picture on it? Well, of course you wouldn't. Um, However, a clerk at the Dairy Queen in Kentucky did do that in 2004 and happily gave the customer $198 in change. Uh, The bill was clearly a joke and the denomination was absurd, but it just goes to show that if you're not paying attention, mistakes can be made. They certainly can. Yeah. What a dozy dickhead, though. To not even think about it. If anyone gave me a bill that big and I was it's my job to partake a change and, you know, be a be a person behind the counter. <laughs> Tender. Clerk. A clerk, right? Not a clerk. What? Shopkeeper. Shop assistant. Uh, no, I'm a shopkeeper. I own the fucking oh, shop. Oh, you mate. own it. That's yeah. even worse. Well anyway, if I bet he didn't own it. He was I, just some old twat who's losing it. his mind. No, I inherited oh, George it. W. He probably thought, Hey W George W. I love that guy. <laughs> he yeah. did so much to make this country great. You like my accent? No, like no, my accent? I don't know what it is. I, 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 it always boggles my mind for a man who says he's an actor that you cannot do accents. Well, <laughs> fair enough. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, so for someone who calls themselves a, a radio presenter, you do fuck up your words all the fucking time, don't you? A, yes. B, I'm a radio producer. Uh, so I only have to sit there and look at Pat Sharp. And name say, an accent. I'll do. A, I'll do an accent now. Yorkshire. Oh, you up? <laughs> what was that? Oh, hey, up. What's the matter, lad? Irish. Oh, to see. I see. I see what's here. <laughs> Let's don't, don't cut this French. bit. No, I'm keeping this bit in. Oh, hello. Uh, <laughs> I have this, this great uh, orange madeleine. You stupid bastard. <laughs> That's not an accent. What have we got next, Paul? Well, Ash Frith, one of our uh, phone-in contributors, because he can't be asked to be here live because he's too busy being a hoi polloi hobnobby comedy stand-up no, star. No, that's not hoi polloi means riffraff. No, it doesn't. It means both. It either means, depending on which angle you look at, it can be the hoi polloi above you in terms of look at the hoi polloi there. Or if you're hoi polloi yourself, you can look down and go, oh, the hoi polloi. You can. Uh, I did not up. know that. And there you go. Fact. Anyway. Anyway, Ash Riff's a prick and he can't be asked to be here because he's too big for us now. Ah. And so he has to call in. No, I love you, Ash. So uh, we, asked him, calling in. we asked him to uh, give us a little bit of the usual cheap show um, stuff. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and just give us a bit. Just just do something for the show. Do something good, Ash. So, you, uh, you always do. We love you. So he's left a message on my answer phone. So let's check that answer phone now and see what he's got for us uh, this week. Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Hello, Paul. Hello, Eli. Hello, Cheap Show. Ash Frith here. When I think of America, I think of Hollywood. And when I think of Hollywood, I think of a Hollywood blockbuster. The films that we all pay well over the odds to see and don't really enjoy. The bigger the film, the more disappointing I think it is. But now I've spent less time watching Hollywood blockbusters and I spend more of my time watching what they call mockbusters. Now, I'm pretty sure none of these are made in Hollywood, although I do feel like some of the actors are probably, you know, they work in Hollywood, but mainly as waiting staff in restaurants. A mockbuster, if you don't know, is a sort of remake or a rip-off, if you will, of a bigger, uh, more successful movie. So um, there's been a big lawsuit in the last couple of years where Disney uh, actually sued a huge, one of the biggest mockbuster companies um, because they were copying too many Disney films. Some of the titles that they come up with were uh, Ratatouille instead of Ratatouille, uh, Little Panda Fighter instead of Kung Fu Panda, uh, What's Up? Instead of up, um, I like this one. Chop kick panda. 
again for Kung Fu Panda, tappy toes instead of happy feet, wings instead of planes. And the one that caused the main controversy was Frozen Land, which was obviously a rip-off of Pocahontas. No, it was Frozen. Um, so it's not a new thing, though. Um, the first ever Mockbuster was actually made in 1959, and it was called The Monster of Piedras Blancas, and it was a direct rip-off uh, from The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Although uh, the set designer and uh, all of the costume designer was actually done by the same guy for both, a guy called Jack Kieran, and they it, it sort of exploded. I do, I love them. I really do enjoy them. In fact, they seem to be filmed in a sort of super HD quality. There's been some big ones you've probably heard of. There was like Shark versus Tornado, Mega Shark versus Mega Octopus. They're all uh, massive mockbuster films. Some of my favourite titles of real ones are uh, Transmorphers, which is about um, some big robot um, alien life forms that can transform into all different things. Hmm, have you heard that one? Uh, Robot Cop is a personal favourite of mine. But probably the biggest ever uh, mockbuster uh, came in the 80s, and it was called Mac and Me. Now, there'll be a lot of people out there who that means something to. A lot of us saw that film. It was huge. It got a cinema release, even. And it was just an almost total rip-off of E.T. Except for Mac and Me was completely and utterly paid for by product placement. It was a huge success. People actually went to see it and it made its money back in product placement. If you watch the film or look it up, you've, I, I guarantee if you're of a certain age, you probably watched this film. It is riddled with the most ludicrous advertising. Um, some of the latest films to be made, uh, one of the names that caught my eye was um, Aliens vs. Avatar which is just two blockbuster films that they've sandwiched together to create their own ridiculous film. I mean, I don't know how much chance the Avatar would have against the aliens, but, you know, that's a film I'd probably pay to see. I thought I'd come up with some uh, mockbusters of my own. So I thought The Man Who Went Up a Hill and Came Down a Brokeback Mountain, uh, Bridget Jones and the Temple of Doom, Coming to American History X... And Weekend at Burn Notice. Now, they say end on your best one, but I think I've probably ended on the weakest one there. But that is what Cheap Show is all about. Getting maybe a, a good little bit of material and then finishing on a weak, damp squib. Ash Frith, that's what I do. Ladies and gentlemen, I love you all. Hope to see you soon, Paul and Eli. Let's get together. Let's uh, eat some cheap chocolate and um, just hold each other. Well, thank you very much, Ash. That was very, very informative. Wasn't that formative and or funny or anarchic? Whatever it is he said, we haven't listened to it yet when no, we record this. We but it's usually good. It's very good. It's usually good. The Easter egg stuff was very good. I like that. Yeah, bless him. Anyway, back to the show. Okay, so now it's uh, time for us to do Cheap Eats. And uh, as you know, listeners... I've just returned from the US of A, mm. and I bought some cheap eats out there. How exciting. So, Paul, yes. do you want to start with the sweets or with the savoury? I don't, you know, I don't know. Some people like to have chocolate before they, get, they eat their uh, steak, uh, their Trump steak. Sweet tends to be nastier than savoury. <laughs> you haven't seen what I've got. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, 
bias choice. I'll let you roll. Okay. I think we'll start with the uh, the savoury. Okay, savoury. Let's savory. just do this traditional. Oh, it's right. main course, starter main course. I agree. Okay, so it's crackers. Oh, crackers is good. How bad can crackers be? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, these are munchies. Yeah. These are jalapeno cheddar sandwich crackers. Oh. They are Dorito branded. Um, the munchies logo has someone has taken a bite out of the M. Oh, clever. Because you, when you when you get mother munchies, you bite things. You bite anything. You bite words. You bite bite people. Uh, so, these are jalapeno cheddar artificially flavoured filling on golden toast. Golden gra- toast. Registered brand crackers. Yeah, that was worth the money fucking registering that brand. They're golden toast. What do you want? I got them in a um, pharmacy. A pharmacy? Pharmacy crackers. Okay, fair and enough. These are jalapeno cheese flavoured. They're, they're I think ri- I like these. These are a rich cheese... Uh, Doritos is a recognisable brand, so it's not as if we're getting, like, knock-off donkey crap. That's something you notice when you're in the States. A lot of food is sort of branded with other, so you get sort of uh, gherkins that have, like, Tabasco branded yeah. and all of this sort of stuff. So this is a, another thing like this. I'm going to hand you one of these cheese sandwiches. Oh, they're like... Um, Ritz. Oh, Ritz, yeah. yeah. Oh, they do smell very jalapeno-y. And, um, there is a distinct jalapeno flavour. You've opened the sandwich there. Yeah. It uh, looks like... Revealing its orangey centre. It's got a lovely orangey heart. Yeah, a lovely little orangey paste. I'm going to give it a little bite. Go I'm going to give it a little bite right now. I really like that. Oh, you like them, do you? I like this kind of stuff. I mean, they're not high quality, but they're tasty. I think the salt gives it a lot of um, mm. that flavour. Oh, but, God, I like that. Yeah, don't, yeah, I know. Oh, man. This is over. Let's just eat these. <laughs> Fucking hell. Let's just eat these for the rest of the show. Mmm. That's some serious snacking. I really like them. <laughs> All right, I'll, say, I'll put those aside, yeah? We know oh. we like them. Ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah, ten out of ten. Well, maybe if out of it, it's crazy. Nine out of ten. Mm. Just... It's, like a, oh, it's like a twist on the classic Ritz, isn't mm, it? With a nice it's got jalapeno-y, a spicy jalapeno kick to it. Very good. For what it is, I mean, very you good. don't want to look at the ingredients. No, because it's probably like rat's anus. Yeah. <laughs> it's 90% <laughs> rat's anus. Yeah. And beaver gland juice. Yeah. Right, so... That's a good, good start. Yeah, very good start. Oh, that's exciting. Now, as long is... as you don't have another fucking weird sausage from a roadside... Uh, well, I'm getting on to that. Oh, mate. Now, I, can't... Got also... <laughs> I can't eat that shit. Again, now, it was the... rancid. The second oh. course. Now, I do not have a pickled sausage. Don't worry. All right, it's certainly one you couldn't win an argument with. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, okay. This uh, is something I wanted to go for, because, you know, we got pepperoni. Yeah. Pepperami, rather, sorry. Uh, which, this... for people who don't know in, in, in Americas or anywhere else in the world, it's like a kind of, you know, Slim sausage. Jim. Slim Jim sausage kind yes. of thing. But what they have in the States, they ha- package it with cheese, and that's what I've got here. That's crazy talk. This is a Slim Jim pepperoni and cheese. That's and sure. cheese, using the and cheese. Are you ready? I am very ready for this. So, let's see the deck. Pepperoni stick made with beef and pork, pasteurized processed American cheese food stick. Cheese food, not you know a what? good sign. No, when you put, if you saw, if you were in a posh restaurant and it just said food stick, <laughs> you'd be like, can you maybe yeah, yeah. whittle it down to something else? Cheese please? food stick. So, so how are we going to do this? Are we going to take like half each and then bite them together? I, I'm presuming you can't have them separately. Should otherwise. I go get a knife? Yes, go get a knife. We're going to need it for one of the other items as well. Get a knife me. and see if there's a little plate in there as okay, well. Sure. All right. I'll just uh, entertain the listeners with a erotic story. So it all began um, basically when I met this girl in a uh, restaurant, funnily enough. She was sitting by herself eating uh, a lovely meal, pasta, I believe it was, and I was there as well. I'd been stood up, and um, she looked over to me and gave me a, a wry smile. I looked back, and 
we both looked at each other, realised we were on our own, and so we decided to move and join each other's tables and just share each other's company while we ate a meal. And then she brought up something quite strange about... Um, <laughs> made a mess all over her teeth. So she did ask for it, but unfortunately, you know, it did get sticky. Right, I'm back. Right, okay. So, pepperoni, yeah. do you know what that is? It's um, a made-up sausage. All sausages are made up. They don't, they don't grow on trees. I know. You have to create them. Yeah, but it was. It's not a traditional sausage. No, it was. pepperoni means pepper. Yeah, in Italian, it's a fucking bullshit. Yeah, it's just some kind of made-up thing they put on pizzas. I like them though. It's I a like nice. It. I like them. Right. I've never had a whole pepperoni. I've only ever noticed it in slices on pizza. I never had to bite one. Yes, yeah. this might be my first bite of a pepperoni sausage. And there's cheese with it. Excellent. Or rather, cheese food stick. Mm. He's opening his meaty cheese stick. Smells all right. Smells all right. That's good. That's positive. I'm going to take mine out, and I'm going to hand you. Yeah. What it is, ladies and gentlemen, it is a vacuum-sealed pack. It has a sausage and cheese in the pack yeah. in separate little uh, All the pictures slots. that accompany this show will be on the website, so go to www.thecheapshow.co.uk. Okay, and I'm going to hand over your a portion of your portion. There right. it is. Okay, I've got my portion in my hand. So, I'm going to start with the pepperoni. All right, I'm going to have a little bite of that as well. That's a ch- cheap sausage. Yeah. I'm going to go for the cheese stick. Oh, my God. Now, get, correct me if I'm wrong. Cheese shouldn't crumble in your mouth. Well... I mean, processed cheese. Wobbly plastic processed cheese. It's sort of in between, isn't it? It's a weird texture. I'm going to bite them both together and see oh. if the combination of the two... Magic. Yeah. Because you have to. Yeah, that's uh, not very nice. No, it's not very nice at all. <laughs> it's uh, what I would call bollocks. <laughs> um, I'd call it... Um, no, actually, hang on. Uh, it's got... Pig bollocks, in it, And I think, unless this came off you, this sausage has a nice pube <laughs> on the top of it. No, it doesn't. There is a, there is a small black hair <laughs> off it. That must be off me. So, great. <laughs> I have eaten one of Eli's piabs. <laughs> piabs? <laughs> What's a piab? A pube. Yeah. I used to call them piabs when I was in school. It was a northern thing. Uh, you've got piabs. <laughs> 16. Yeah. Of course. Of course I've got Why piabs. You? I'm wanking off in the bath as well. <laughs> Not in this school, mate. I started getting piabs when I was nine. Great. So, <laughs> that was a... Um, it was edible. Yeah, but... You haven't finished yours. I can, I will. I, um, nom, 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 you don't nom. have to. Don't do it for me. You don't have to do that for me. Um, nom, 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 nom. It's fine. It's edible, but it's not remarkable. Five, four. Five, six. I'll give it a six. Imagine you had one of those every day for oh. a year. You'd develop cancer, wouldn't you, basically? Oh, there's a bony bit in. <laughs> there's a gristle in your, oh. in your slip. <laughs> Three. Oh, God. It's gone down. All right. Oh. oh, it always ruins it when you have some meat and then you get a nice bit of gristle in it. It just ruins it for it everyone. Does. Now, are you ready for the coup de Gracie? The coup de Gracie? Yeah, I'm ready for the coup de Gracie. This oh. is a chicken breast strip and sauce. Oh! Bridgeford, the premium brand. Right. What does that mean? I don't know. In Florida, you go into any kind of shop, it doesn't matter what it would be, they've just got loads of this jerky. They've got it in pharmacies, clothes shops. Do Americans not care about Cancer meat? treatment centres, you know, just no. some Slim Jims in there. So this is a Bridgeford, the premium brand, chicken breast strip and sauce made with Sweet Baby Ray's gourmet sauce, award-winning barbecue sauce. Mmm... You ready? What award was it? Utterly shit sauce of the year award. <laughs> Sugary crap that people suck down because they are IQ so fucking low. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to open it. 
Yeah. And I'm going to cut it in half and uh, try not to get any of my piabs on it. Good, that'd be nice because, you know, one piab I'll take, but I can't take too many piabs. It's got. Oh, oh what? Does it smell bad? It's. It's a chicken breast strip in sauce in a bloody packet. <laughs> it looks it looks like something from a Cronenberg movie. <laughs> it does, yeah. Like a, a dried up mummy or something. Oh. It's a dried mummy cock. Now, I'm giving you... I'm being good on you here because the sauce in transit has kind of migrated down to the bottom. Oh, um, so it's all gone a bit. I'm giving you a not-so-saucy bit here. Oh, I'll give you this on the plate, G- mate. Here you yeah, go. Yeah, give me... Just... No, so describe it. Describe it to our listeners. Well, it... It looks like a thin brown wedge of slop. Yeah, and it's... I'm going to go in for for the taste here. Oh god, that's awful. Oh, oh my oh. god. Oh, oh no, that. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh, it tastes. Oh god, that's really bad. Oh, that's like simultaneously dry. It's very and dry, sickly. Yeah, that it's... sweetness from the sauce. It's gooey. The chicken has no flavour. Oh, if you hadn't told me it was chicken, I would never have no, fucking guessed. It's sawdust. And that sauce is overpoweringly sweet. And awful. I think it did win most shit sauce if, of the oh world God. 2010. That is trucker food of the lowest, lowest sort. Oh, right, well. That is a slimy. Three. Bum fest. Three. Because I was on the road and I had to eat nothing but that. I could probably stomach it. But if I was in a classy restaurant... And that was, yes. Well, if it was, look, they're not going to serve that in a classy restaurant. What's wrong with Sir's stripped off chicken? In, <laughs> it's an award winning sauce. It tastes of bollocks. Yes, that is easily the worst item so far. Yeah. All right, so. Um, I'm going to give it three as well. Yeah. So, Doritos cracker thing, the top best. We like that. That was That's very good. tasty. Nice. Cheese and sausage. Uh, not too bad, but then I got a pube and a grisly bone in it, and that ruined everything. And how about the Bridgeford? The premium brand, my ass. Yeah. Chicken breast strip and sauce. It's not chicken breast, is it? No, chicken breast suggests chicken. Yeah, this, that... is, this is gunge from the bottom of your abattoir dripping out. <laughs> Easily the best is the Doritos branded uh, golden crackers. Lovely. All right, well, I look forward to what else you've got for next week's episode. So to wrap up the show today, um, people have been saying online that we don't do enough music stuff anymore. Well, on the we show. don't. We don't. Um, we don't do final vinyl anymore and things like that. So we uh, need to get that back into the show. We'll, we will do that. We'll aim to put more vinyl. Just selections recently, in. we've been doing these um, studio shows. Studio shows, and um, it, you can can't. see by the, the sound quality that they're pretty good. Yeah, pretty but good. It's, bit, it's hard on a practical level to get the vinyl going down. Here. Yeah, and you know, it, it, and to be honest, no one knows if we are playing vinyl or just running it off YouTube. So. We're running it off YouTube. So right. they're, they're, we're breaking the rules. We're breaking all the rules. Final forever. CDs never. Final forever. CDs never. Final forever. Oh, God, I hate MP3. those other people. Uh, right. So here's how we're going to go in, because it's a bit American-themed show today. It certainly is. And I found this yeah. story, which I... <laughs> the international sound of America is yeehaw. Gosh darn it. Yeah. Rootin' tootin' cowboy, <laughs> woo-hoo, I get gone done a little bit of pussy wrangling. God, Paul, just stop. So anyway, we don't do enough music stuff, so I thought I'd end the show today with something musical, okay? And it comes from an interesting source. Mr. Blobby. I knew he'd come up. Did I just yeah, knew yeah. he would, yeah. yeah. So Mr. Blobby, um, if you don't know listening to this... I know this story. I know, I was discussing this with my friend last night. Really? They're trying to break Mr. Blobby in the States, aren't they? 
Kind of, yeah. I'll tell you the story. It was in the Metro, uh, which is a, a, a London-based uh, free publication that wankers read on the tube to get their right-ring views masked as tabloid. Mr. Blobby is a lovable, haphazard star of the 90s. Basically, what happened was there was a TV show in the 90s presented by a fascist called Noel Edmonds, <laughs> yes. who did a show called The House Party. It was a wacky Saturday night show where you could win prizes and guests did silly things and there were pranks and stunts. And one of them was called the, um, not was it a gotcha? Yeah, And the idea is Mr. Blobby came from the gotchas, where it was a stupid guy in a suit, a big blobby pink suit with bobbly eyes and polka dots. Yes. And it was like a fake TV show that, you know, famous celebrities were forced to be on, humiliated. And at the end... And then they'd say, gotcha. Gotcha. It's a prank. It's a it candid a camera. Candid camera thing. Yeah. And then it got out of fucking control because Britain, unfortunately, has no idea between novelty and real art. And they smash it together and go, oh, that's acceptable. And so Mr. Blobby became a proper cultural thing. Yes. Like, people started buying merchandise. Noel Edmonds made a ton of fucking money selling. And they had a single, didn't they? And they had a single. I believe. Yeah. And so the story begins here. Mr. Blobby, largely forgotten about or embarrassed by in British circles. It's a relic of the 90s. Redditor Soren Abai, I think is how you pronounce it. Anyway, a Redditor stumbled across a YouTube video of Mr. Blobby's appearance on the Big Fat Quiz of the 90s and decided to share it with fellow Americans. And he said, it's the funniest thing I ever did see. Oh, my God. And uh, not everyone agreed on Reddit. Um, Some of the comments were, I feel like I took acid, said one. Another person said, simply, that was absolutely fucking terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Someone else asked a very salient question. What the fuck is that? (laughs) Someone else said, he looks like silly putty and sounds like a Dalek. And other people on YouTube said, I had to shut it off. It was scaring my cats. That's the thing with Mr. Blobby that I kind of like. He has this kind of menacing undercurrent about him, doesn't he? It is And if you listen to the record... Which we're going to, a little bit of. It's got a menacing kind of, I'm approaching from outside and um, uh, Mr. Blobby's going to get you. Yeah, because what they did was they took the fake theme show from this fake TV show that they used in the gotchas and then remixed it into a horrible, horrible hit. It was released in the 90s. Um, 93. And who did it keep off the top spot? It was a Christmas number one, wasn't it? Yes. So it might have been up against the usual Christmas hit to that no, time. No, there was a big hit. We're going to have to take a little break to explore the internet. Here's a clip of the music video. He literally just says, oh, Blobby. Oh, Blobby. <laughs> That's all he bloody does. And the video is just him in famous music videos of the time, falling over and being a prick. Now, I have this on vinyl. Yeah. Because it was uh, back, they still sold a lot of uh, tons. vinyl, uh, vinyl then. What it kept off number one was Take That Babe, ah. which was their big uh, Christmas number one, or attempted to be Christmas number one. Yeah. Year. 
And unfortunately, this. It's just fart noises and like. And then children singing. What is fucking up with Britain? It's that awful. We accept that shit. So anyway, Mr. Blobby is now all the rage on Reddit. It's just weird how it just sparks it again. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? How just it's because a lot of millennials are growing up and they missed that whole kind they of did. that whole pre-internet age. Yeah, and now they're looking back on it like they're watching Japanese game shows. Yeah. And like, how weird's this? Yeah. So I like, no, that's just it how it is. Weird. It was just depressing. And the thing is, what's more scary about it is, remember Noel Evans opened up a theme park called Crinkly Bottom based on yes. Noel's house party. Yeah, and it was open a year before it like just closed because no one went. Now it's all kind of overrun. So you have got these weird kind of Mr. Blobby style houses that are all overrun with weeds and. Oh, it's a bit like uh, rune porn sort of like going on there. Yeah, it's it's just dark and it's scary and people break into the park to run around with their cameras, urban explorers, and it just looks like like any minute now you're going to come across a gang of clown serial killers. Yes. It's not good. Now, but, that's the A side of the single. Yeah. What the was the B, B side? side is much more sinister. It's like that. Like that. Like a kind of Lieutenant Pigeon thing. It's like Mr. Blobby, Blobby's coming, Blobby, 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 Mr. Blobby, Blobby, Blobby. I know it doesn't go like that, but you've got to find it. No, I don't want to. I think we've got to spend too much time. What I want to do is race through at this point some of Britain's best stroke worst novelty singles that either got to number one or did rank highly. That's got to be one of the worst novelty records. It is one of the worst. Look, look at this. Compare that to the 60s. You had a novelty record of the 60s. Yeah. Right Said Fred by Bernard Crippins. Right Said Fred, both of us together, one each end. That's a classic, As we go. Yeah, and inspired. It's it's brilliant. Inspired the band Right Said Fred as a result. I mean, that's not so great. That's its crime. (laughs) (laughs) You know, another cup of tea and then... Uh, yeah, no, it's a great it was, song. It's a great. In fact, that, that was it was not uncommon in that period, 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, of comedians releasing popular singles. Like, you remember um, uh, the, the, the Arthur Mollard singing You're the One That I Want? I do remember Arthur that. Mollard in the UK was a British comedian who had this kind of, Hello, I'm slow, and I'm a bit stupid. But that was his kind of <laughs> yeah, character, that was wasn't his it? character. And so, like, this guy, desperately trying to sing the song from Greece, You're the One That I Want. I want. <laughs> awful um here's one that i think uh, straddles the line because in the 80s when novelty hits are all the thing you know lots of people were bringing them out and they were getting quite high spitting image which is a satire based puppet show thought this goes this is a fucking joke and so they released a song the chicken song the chicken song but it was released as a kind of this is the worst novelty song we could possibly think of making and it also taking the the mickey out of novelty songs sort of yes it was a bad song but it it knew it was a bad song went out of its way to be a bad song was shown in the tv show and then released and then it It got to number one in 1986 it was literally everyone was singing it and i'm gonna play a clip now and i guarantee the people who listen to this podcast will be singing it for quite some time here's a little clip of the chicken song by spitting image written by the guys who wrote red dwarf rob grant and doug naylor it's the time of Pretend you 
myself alive. It was. I remember going on so many coach trips in school. Everyone singing it. Everyone singing that on the bus. The eighties. The eighties were, for various reasons, bad. Yeah. (laughs) Fashion, most music, a lot of TV shows. It was terrible. Um, But yeah, um, three weeks at number one. Yeah, it was really huge. Crazy, isn't it? Um, and all the cast from there, so Harry Enfield sang on it, Chris Barry. I prefer uh, to listen Alan. to this than to the Mr. Blobby. I mean, Mr. Blobby's just a, 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 a horrible... A piece of formed out, studio produced, no one gives a fuck, yeah. slap it all together, get some kids to sing, like, you know. Yeah. It's it's a crime. This at least literally has a tongue in its cheek. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's the chicken song. That's kind of, that straddles that line between acceptable and not acceptable because you will sing that song in your head for the rest of the day. It's a yeah. massive earworm. What else did we have? I'm not going to count any of the... For instance, I'm not going to count songs that were released for comic relief. You know, like the songs that were silly songs. Yes, because they, they were... They were novelty. They started off as novelty songs, but nowadays it's just a song. Yeah, the thing it's is... It's a cover version. What would happen is, comic relief would say, let's put this classic song, sung by, for instance, The Young Ones, sang with Cliff Richard, Living Doll. Huge hit, raised money for charity. Silly, funny... But you're right, now it's just like, oh, let's just get One Direction to do a ballad. And then let's just get dapper laughs to appear on the video, wanking. And that's it. What? It's fucking anger. It's like, because... It's anger, fucking anger. Is yeah, it? it's pure is there anger. anger. Is there anger in you, Paul? A Are you on of... your hobby horse on this one? I'm a... Well, look. Get on your horse. Let's hear it. What, what are you angry about? But you about? can track the trajectory of bad comic relief songs. So you've got like, you know, Living Doll, and then you've got it's like Help. Banana Nini Nunu and Banana Rama. And then you've got like Stick It Out by Right Said Fred and a big cast of comedians singing along with that. You had Rory Bremner and Hugh Laurie and uh, Clive James and loads of people singing and Peter Cook's in that video as well. You've got The Stonk by Halen Pace. That was a great fucking comic relief song. And then at some point in the 90s, they released Naina Cherry, Cher and the girl from, uh, the woman from The Proclaimers. What was her name? The woman from The Proclaimers? Not Proclaimers. The Proclaimers were two ginger no, what's male the other twins. One? The one who sang Brass in Pocket. The Pretenders. The Pretenders. Chrissy Hyde. Chrissy Hyde. They all got together and released Love Can Build a Bridge, which is the most depressing song Comic Relief has ever Isn't released. It was not funny. Nothing funny no. about it. But that was the crest of the wave that broke. And then after that, it became semi-serious songs or ballads with a slight bit of comedy just in it Just some somewhere. comedy. Just some guy going, The last one I can think of that was anywhere near quality was uh, when Spirit in the Sky was released with the Kumars, number 10 at Kumar guys. Oh, right. And that was, again, like Living Doll. They sang along as a silly song, yeah. silly video. But then after that, no, it's McFly. And then it's Girls Aloud. And then it's One Direction. And, and then fuck those, fuck those. it's going to be fuck. Justin Bieber, oh, isn't it? It wouldn't surprise me. Justin Bieber. But what I, t- I want to take a segue now into um, TV themes. That became novelty hit. Okay. And I'll let you take a guess at what one you think I've picked as a popular TV theme that became a song. Uh, popular theme? That be- 80s, I'll give you that as well. Um, I'll give you another clue. Can I sing the theme tune? <laughs> oh, Minder. Yeah. Yes. Now, here's one of the instances where, okay, it's it's an obvious cash-in from the TV theme. Minder was a TV show about a, a dodgy car dealership guy, Cockney Wheel. No, it was the song. It was the theme tune. It was the theme. But it was based on a TV show about this guy who needed a minder. The because best show which ever existed. It's pretty good until Shane Ritchie took over the role yeah, in the 90s. Not, that's not We're moving on. That's not but they released a song based on the TV show because it was from the TV theme. And I fucking love this song. I'm going to play a little bit for you now. This is Dennis Waterman who starred and sang the theme to I just started theme to <laughs> theme. Sorry, that was my little Britain thing. I Could Be So Good For You released in 1983. Got to number three, uh, would you believe. Here we go.
It's good. It's a great it song. Good, yeah. The Blue Stone, uh, the Blue Tones did a version of it in the nineties at a B side. Really oh, yeah. good, and they're still asked about that all the time when they tour and things it's like that. It's a good song. And um, did you know that the guy who played bass on that? Yeah. He did the uh, little uh, in between incidental music for the Seinfeld show. Really? No. Oh. I just said that. It sounds... <laughs> I got really excited thinking, oh, it's a great fact. It sounds uh, it sounds the same, doesn't it? The... Yeah. Like the that. video's great. It's Pete Waterman, Dennis Waterman, sorry, walking around a London market stall singing the song at people who are just trying to get out of the way of the camera. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, 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 no. It's like if you, Kip, could just slightly take out some of the black people in the video, it'd be a perfect <laughs> advert for them. I love that song. But to end on, I'm going to go from the sublime to the ridiculous. I'm flipping it, right? Because as I say, it was earlier on, I said uh, comedians release songs uh, that were usually hit. You know that were you know like Sid James did yeah. and you know the the Goons Benny did. Hill had a several Benny Hill several famously Ernie. Ernie which got to number one as well. Yeah. He made a video for that simply because he was embarrassed to go onto Top of the Pops and sing it live or live inverted yeah. comment. So he made a pop video, one of the first you could argue, yeah. just so he could save himself the embarrassment of being on TV singing that weird song about a Randy Milkman who gets killed by a bottle of gold top. <laughs> yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to go over to um, The Ridiculous because, you know, remember that sitcom, Are You Being Served? Who could forget Are You Being Served? Big hit in America because they love that shit from us. They love Benny Hill and they love Alo Alo and all that crap. What is wrong with you, America? John Inman was in that. His character was basically a man who at no at no point in the show was I'm gay, but he was such a gay stereotype character. So, ooh, yes. limp wrists and innuendos. He was innuendos. a limp-wristed queen and everyone made fun of the fact and he was oblivious to the fact and there was lots of jokes about miss slocum's pussy it was either wet or damp or eager you know it was that kind of sitcom set in a department store yes whatever john inman released a song called are you being served sir it's awful have you ever heard it i not no you're gonna hear this now oh good oh that's what i wanted to say go on minder yeah the b-side yeah i've got it on the seven inch yeah. yeah and the b-side is literally called oh it doesn't matter (laughs) <laughs> something like that <laughs> brackets my career yeah well it's just like oh the beast is the b-side no one cares yeah it is called it doesn't matter is it a ballad yeah it's awful oh what a load of shit so uh we're gonna play are you being served sir now this is one of those horrible songs that are, is built on you innuendo and filling in the gaps in your naughty brain he doesn't make the rude joke you make the rude joke because you're a dirty depraved bastard you're gonna love this Already your face is gurning at this. Grace Brothers, men's department. Mr. Humphreys, are you free? I'm free. Forward, please. Mind the door. What? Are you being served, sir? I'm Humphreys and I'm free. Are you being served, sir? What would you like to see? If you'd like some swimming trunks, we've got them plain or spotty. We've also got some see-through that really tan your... Beachwear. Oh, these are gay. There's plenty around the back. And if you'd like a bit of flash, then try a plastic mag. Whoops! Are you being so-so? I'm Humphreys and I'm free. Are you being so-so? This like sucks, Bob. Isn't it awful? That's awful. Isn't it awful? I tell you what, I'll, I'll play the B-side very, very quickly because it might be worse. And also, it completely plays the idea of him being a gay character, you know, to that point where it's basically offensive. Here, here, here he goes. I'm free. Some say I am, and some say I'm not, and some can't believe it would be. Whatever the answer, one thing sure, there's no doubt... 
I think you've heard enough of that, to be honest, at this point. (laughs) Some say I am. Some Some say say I'm not. not. I'm a botty boy. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't a B-side. I apologise. It came out a couple of years earlier, uh, and it was released as a single in 1977. More than one one single from the show. It was huge, wasn't it? Are You Being Served So was huge. And it had a movie. Uh, I'll get, let you, what do you think the plot of the movie now bear in mind it's a British sitcom do they all go on holiday they go on <laughs> holiday yeah so that's it and that's the show that's Cheap Show this month that was alright yeah thanks good so um, if we're back in a couple of weeks time if you want to see all the pictures and videos we've talked about in this show they are going to be featured on our website go to www.thecheapshow.co.uk uh, we update the site and give you extra this and that it's full of goodies for you yeah apparently it's great yeah apparently you should fucking check it out alright I'll check it out and maybe contribute more like use your twitter what twitter address Eli Snoid yes and I am Paul Gannon Show and the cheap show is at the cheap show pod you can follow us there uh, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, could whatever I just, podcast. Could I put a caveat in there. Go on. A caveat. Yeah. Not if you're a weirdo. Right. <sighs> do you want to try the, the sum up again, Paul? Shall I do it? Yeah, you do it then. Cheap show. We're online. Just type it into Google. It's great. You'll find us. <laughs> Cheap show, one word. Uh, and that's been our show. I've been Paul Gannon. And I'm Eli Silverman. And uh, remember. I'm free. Oh, it's, it's affected me. It's affected me. Yeah, I'm free. Perhaps that will make the pod more popular. What if, if I we... pretend to be gay? <laughs> Who wants to touch my mound? Right, we're moving on. That was Cheap Show. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>